Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'll put my kitchen knife uh, down and stop cutting up oranges and marmalade making for a few minutes to give my uh, wrists a break while recording this week's podcast. There is no better group of pots of flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla producing seeds. My thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants, Pershaw in Worcestershire. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some news, views, a bit of seasonal advice and hopefully answer some of your gardening quandaries. It's a pity the uh, citrusy fragrances uh, cannot be forwarded to you as I sit in the warm kitchen awaiting the rock-hard frozen soil to thaw enough to allow winter digging to continue. There was some... uh, Pretty surprising news about the Chelsea Flower Show. Well, it was a surprise to hear that the show for this May was cancelled. We were rather expecting that, I think, with all the developments in uh, recent weeks and days. But the move to September, staging this show in the autumn and a very different season, could be just the shake-up this famous show now desperately needs. And there are some beautiful colours in the flowers at that time of year. Currently there are several inquiries this week about buying sea potatoes which should uh, come as no surprise when I hear that Mr Fothergills have seen a 350% increase in orders for them over the past weeks. Well if you want very early potatoes uh, there's no question that Rocket and Swift will give you those uh, new potatoes which are so welcome in june rocket swift are exactly as the name indicates very quick to set tubers but the quality is not that hot and uh, you might need a good knob of butter to uh, improve the flavor maris bard is a better flavored early with uh, casablanca carrying the rhs award of garden merit Uh, That's a good all-rounder in the kitchen. The potato acoustic is a second early, but has blight resistance and is a kind that can be both lifted early to eat as a waxy new salad potato or left to uh, set its skin when fully mature. And then it becomes a flowery kind, ideal for mashing and roasting. Cara is a popular main crop potato, heavy yielding, and if uh, you've grown that over the years and like to try its offspring, then Picasso does give 
huge yields. Setanta has blight resistance and, and that's been bred from the popular rooster. And because of the crisp skins and buttery taste, it's uh, very good for baking. If you want protection from um, the disease blight, then the Sarpo series takes some beating. Uh, but they are very vigorous. In my garden, I had horns waist high and good yields when lifted late. The standard by which uh, I measure most potatoes are Maris Piper, the fish and chip chops favourite and resistant to potato root earworm. The uh, one thing with the Sarpo series, I wasn't too keen on the flavour of them. But there we are. Better to have Sarpo if there is um, a wet late summer and early autumn and an onset of blight than have no potatoes at all, I suppose. Gardening on heavy clay, potatoes are better grown in pots. That's certainly what I tend to do here. If the tubers are set up in uh, egg boxes now on a cool windowsill to sprout, uh, what we call chitting, they'll be ready to plant one tuber to a 10 to 15 litre pot and you'll have new potatoes by late May. Jazzy is a good second early and has the RHS Award of Garden merit. One tuber planted in a 10 litre pot uh, will yield masses of small salad potatoes. Uh, choose an early kind, pot early and harvest early so that you are in time for a second planting in the same pot and compost later in the summer. Over the years I've had uh, many reasons to thank my two years spent at what was then the Agricultural Institute at Rittle, now a Rittle University. And really I had quite a lot of choice back in the uh, 1950s. We had a whole series of colleges, Meristwood, down in Surrey, Hadlow, Kent, Rittle, Pershaw, up in Worcestershire, Ascombe, Bryan, up in York. Um, and then, of course, if you were really bright, like our guest last week, you could go on to university and, and there were courses at Bath, Nottingham, Reading and Wye. And most of those had quite a strong commercial horticultural content on the pure plant side, of course, there was the botanic gardens and they had and still have students, things like the Royal Botanic Gardens in Edinburgh, RHS Wisley and, of course, the Royal Botanic Gardens in Kew. Actually, uh, our guest today, Professor Chris Baines, of similar era to me, a bit younger, of course, as most people are. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Chris, you benefited from one of those kinds of uh, educational courses at the beginning. Yes, I went to Y College, which was the, the faculty of London University at that time, and I went there to study horticulture. But interestingly, I also got a place at um, a place called Newton Park in Bath, which was the place where teachers' training went on for rural studies. And my aim in life was to, to actually go into school and teach rural studies. But in fact, my career master at the school amazed me by saying, well, you might get some A-levels, things. <laughs> uh, so why don't you apply for university as well? Uh, which I did, and, and I applied to Y because at that time, London University was the only 
university that would take you without any O-levels in foreign languages. And I'd managed to fail German O-level three times, and I thought, well, there's a pattern developing here. <laughs> so when I discovered that I could get into Y without modern languages, that's in the end where I went. And I'm really glad I did, because when I was in the sixth form, this is decades ago, of course, almost every secondary school had chickens and pigs and goats, and they were teaching rural studies. By the time I'd left university after three years, rural studies had completely disappeared. It was a, a victim of comprehensive education. I think the Labour government came in and decided that in comprehensive education, there would be no stupid people, and only stupid people did rural studies. <laughs> and so they swept it all away. So uh, it was extraordinary. I, I'd gone in to study horticulture, hoping to come out and teach in schools, and that just went. But I, at the same time... I then discovered a whole other world of horticulture and, and landscape architecture and, you know, never looked back in a way. You mentioned why. I think of Gordon Ray, mm. who uh, was with ICI Garden Products and, of course, has been on our podcast here because he was a director general of the RHS. We have Steve Dowbiggin from Cable Manor College, the great Christopher Lloyd uh, uh, and his contemporary. Yes, Christopher Lloyd, my great hero. And he was not just a student there, but also taught at Y. And that's how I first got to meet him, actually. When I was an undergraduate, um, my lecturer was Tom Wright, who you might also remember, who was an RHS judge at Chelsea. Yes. And, and he took the students to meet Christopher Lloyd in Great Dixter. And I then met him lots of times subsequently and went there and filmed in his garden. But those kinds of connections are fantastic, really. I mean, there is a whole horticultural legacy uh, going way, way back. Right in, back in the 1920s, there was a hop breeding base at Y as part of the college, because Y College existed for over 100 years as part of London University. And back in the 1920s, um, the, the people who were running the hop breeding crossed an American wild hop with a cultivated British hop and produced something called Brewer's Gold, which is still at the heart of brewing worldwide. So there is a fantastic legacy. And, and another example, which is very dear to my heart, my tutor was a, a wonderful guy called Alan Jackson, and he was a plant breeder. And he had realised that at that stage, the very common cyclamen that you saw everywhere with big flowers, and you remember them well, they're still around, of course. Yes, yes. But he also knew that the wild cyclamen persicum that grows at the eastern end of the Mediterranean had the most exquisite perfume. And he crossbred those two. And now, wherever you look probably anywhere in the world, but certainly all over the States and here, those little miniature perfumed cyclamen all originated from Alan Jackson's breeding programme. Why? And the reason it's so special for me is that I used to have to have my tutorials in his breeding glass house. And so whenever I smell that perfume, as I often do in garden centres and flower shops, it immediately takes me back to the horror of having to go for another tutorial with Alan when I still hadn't written the essay that he was <laughs> waiting for. So the perfume of those, those cyclamen is very special for me. And there are more and more, as, as I dig down into the history of the place, there are more and more of these extraordinary people and they're, they're still out there, lots of them, of course. Some, it's a worldwide community of Y graduates doing extraordinary things around the world. So 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. What happens at Y now, then? Well, very sadly... Why was the Faculty of London University, and when London University was split up, all the different bits became separate universities, so Imperial College, University College, why was regarded as too small to survive on its own? And so it was actually put under the wing of Imperial College, who then proceeded to close it, basically. And it's a, it's a really sad story. And the cynic would say that they looked at a 350-acre working farm college farm on the edge of Ashford, 20 minutes drive from the Channel Tunnel, and they asset stripped the place and then eventually closed it about 11 years ago. So that long, long 100-year history of agricultural and horticultural teaching just came to an end. And ever since then, the buildings have been in mothballs. But Chris, there's a beautiful building there, isn't there? There's a fantastic collection of buildings, but the most extraordinary thing is that the, the really ancient part of Y College actually dates back to 1447. So there was an educational establishment established there by basically a religious foundation in 1447. That's at the same time that King Henry VI was establishing Eton College and King's College, Cambridge. There in sleepy little Y, there was also an educational establishment. And those buildings are still there 570 years later. And when I was a student, the junior common room was in this amazing high-ceilinged medieval hall with a minstrel's gallery at one end. Those were really at the heart of the college. And they've been, you know, closed to the public. Nobody's seen them for the last 10 or 11 years. But there is a proposal to develop the whole of the college for housing, including converting those really ancient grade one and grade two listed buildings into five private apartments. Oh, so I've now, after 50 years of absence, got really involved again with Y in trying to make sure that that doesn't happen, that that very ancient bit of the college survives and continues having a, a teaching and learning role, but as a part of that whole community so that you retain the link with the village. And I think we'll get there one way or the other. There's a lot of support for that idea. Um, the rest of the college buildings probably will get converted to housing, but that very ancient 570-year-old establishment really deserves better than being converted into, into flats. Chris, I, I hadn't heard anything about that. Why isn't our horticultural press and, 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 and the media generally 
at least telling us what's going on. Well, who knows? I mean, I think uh, even within horticulture, you know, why is not terribly well known because it was it was very much the the kind of academic and research part of agriculture and horticulture. And so although it churned out all these extraordinary people over the years, I don't think it has the same kind of profile as as Kew Gardens or any of the other institutions that you were talking about. But also, I mean, it's it's such a surprise, really, that this place exists at all um, and that it's still there because it's hidden away. You can't really see it unless you're in the building. I, I didn't realise that it was threatened in this kind of way until some of the local people in the village got in touch with me through the old students' society. There's a, an organisation called the, the Agricola Club, which I'm a member of, and through the Agricola Club, I learned that there was this campaigning group that had been set up to to try and stop that happening. And in fact, there's a public inquiry uh, at the end of January where we have the opportunity to persuade the planning inspector that it would be a travesty. Five apartments made out of these 570-year-old buildings and that instead what we want is for that to be a place where we could house the archive about why and all of that agricultural, horticultural history, but also provide a facility for the village and make it a destination as a place that you could bring people to to introduce them to the gardening glories of southeast England and the, the North Kent Downs, which are right on the doorstep. Wonderful opportunity. And the Pilgrim's Way is passes through Y. And so the pilgrimage industry also, of which is huge worldwide, um, I think would also be interested in the idea that you might be able to begin your last day's walk into Canterbury 12 miles away in a building that's been there for 570 years. So I think there's all to play for, really. There's no chance of bringing education back in some form? Well, there is, only I think in that what we hope is that we could use it as a base for short courses and for seminars. And there's there's one of those wonderful lecture theatres that you see in films where, in films, it's usually somebody doing kind of primitive surgery down at the bottom and all the the people are ranked up in in tiers. Well, there's one of those wonderful lecture theatres at Y, which is a perfect place for concerts, but also for lectures and for teaching. Uh, And I think if we can manage to save the buildings, then there's all to play for in in trying to make sure that we can continue that that half millennium of education and learning that has been such a key part of the place. Now, is there anywhere where we can see pictures of some of this? Are there photographs online? Yes, there's there's a website. The the campaigning organisation is is called Ycrag. W-Y-E-C-R-A-G, ycrag.org.uk will take you straight to that website and you can get a sense of, of the extraordinary buildings and a sense of what we want to do with them if we can manage to prevent the developers from just sweeping it away or, or damaging it. Well, Chris, I hope you'll keep us informed. You say the end of January for the... Um planning meeting but then presumably that will go on some time this these sort of planning things seem to go on for months if not years well there's there's a it'll be a three or four or maybe five day inquiry and i'll i'll be speaking and various other people will be making their presentations about why the history of the place is important and what we want to see happen to it and then the inspector will spend several weeks deliberating over you know what decision gets made and it will be i think about 
how in the development process that very special part of the college is protected. But I, my feeling is that we need a solution which doesn't just protect the fabric, the, the built fabric. I really want to find a way in which we can celebrate this extraordinary human legacy of all these extraordinary people who over a hundred odd years have changed agriculture. And not just here either. I mean, all around the world, there are people, particularly in Africa and the Indian subcontinent, who came through Y and then moved on to run agricultural universities and head up ministries. So there was a very big international uh, contribution that Y was making. And those people are all out there. And I've been getting lots and lots of correspondence from them and donations to the fighting fund from literally all over the world as people say, God, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just hang on to that piece of history that has been so important to people like me as personally, but also has been so significant for agriculture and horticulture. We wish you every success. Thank you, Peter. My tailpiece message, well, a number of companies have dropped their promotional calendar this year, no doubt in an effort to reduce costs after a pretty difficult time. But one that has arrived, Johnson's of Wixley. Each page has a quotation, so useful here for me. And on the month of February, it says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is now. I could not agree more. Thanks for listening, and now back to the several oranges. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla, producing single rows like flowers continually from June to the first frost. All are very my thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants of Pershall in Worcestershire. To my producer, Rich Jarman, and of course to you for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 